This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. It's Masters Week. That's right. As we uh, put the uh, finish off the college basketball season and uh, transition, it's the Jim Nance transition for his last call in the Final Four in his uh, old stomping grounds in Houston. Brady Cannon is with us, excellent uh, golf handicapper, as well as Paul Stone. So we got a lot of things to talk about. First at the top of the leaderboard, guys, uh, Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy at Bet Rivers, co-favorites uh, at 7-1. to one. And, well, the first thing you think about is that Scheffler is seeking to become just the fourth back-to-back Masters champion. Nicholson, 66-67, Faldo, 89-90, and Woods, 01-02. How do you feel about the, these two co-favorites? Uh, I'll start with you, Paul. You know, they're the guys. I think even uh... – Persons who maybe follow golf just casually, if you ask them who are going to be the, uh, you know, the three favorites, give me three names, the top favorites for the Masters. I think most people would say Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy, and, and of course, John Rahm. You know, they're clearly the guys who are going to be at the top of the field. And uh, they're deserving. You know, Scheffler, the number one player uh, in the world, the defending champion, uh, won just a few weeks ago at the Players' Championship. Uh, contended last week, although a different format, uh, contended last week uh, in Austin there in the Dell match play event. Uh, McElroy, uh, uh, you know, at uh, a top level of play as well, and I believe this is correct. Uh, McElroy needs the Masters to collect uh, to uh, complete right. his career Grand Slam, so certainly he has some extra motivation. Maybe that's added pressure. Uh, could be more of a detriment than a than a plus. But I mean, those guys are the three best. Uh, Players in the world without question, and they're at the shortest odds, which is appropriate. Brady? Well, you know, I agree with just about everything Paul says there. Uh, I actually have a ticket on Rory myself. Uh, I grabbed it way back in September when he was at a higher number because I could see his game trending, you know, playing over in Dubai and whatnot. He won the CJ Cup in South Carolina uh, in the wraparound season. So I wanted to jump on him sooner rather than later. Uh, You know, and Rory has been tricky at the Masters. He's had a number of top 10 finishes. Of course, he had the the massive collapse in 2011 when it looked like he was going to, like Paul says, complete that career Grand Slam. Uh, But he's been struggling to, you know, get that final bookend uh, on the Big Four ever since. Uh, But last year, finishing second, he made that charge on Sunday. And just the way his game has been, 
And everything also leading up, Jimmy, you know, this whole live, you know, deal and carrying the flag, being the ambassador for the PGA Tour, Rory seems to kind of taken on a new role. And boy, if there was ever going to be an appropriate time for him to win the green jacket, it would be this year. Scotty's just unflappable. Uh, I mean, the guy just never seems to make a mistake. And when he does, he bounces back. He ranks very high. I think he's number one on tour in bogey avoidance. And he's also very high in bounce back. So the, the guy just, you know, hardly makes a big number or a big mistake. And Rom, he can be a little bit volatile, but he can also be just the hottest player we've ever seen in our lives. I mean, he opens up the Players' Championship with, what, a 64, 65. We're like, here we go again. This this guy's just on fire. So they're all fun to watch. They're all incredible. And like Paul says, deserved of the top three spots on the board. Paul, what Brady's referring to, too, is the first year of the live players being, you know, coming off of a different routine. I guess you could say, uh, to say the least. And also, maybe not being quite as much form, not being pushed as much, because so much of their money is guaranteed. But just the whole factor, and we saw Cameron Smith, man, he was right there, uh, you know, in the uh, early parts of the uh, final round uh, just a year ago before Scheffler chipped in, caught the, uh, caught the pin, and it dropped. And it seemed to be the turning point uh, of that final round. But overall thoughts on the live players coming in and how they may fare. There's a few past, there's a few past master champions in that group. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be extremely interesting. I mean, uh, you know, the live players, you kind of touched on it, Jimmy. My concern about those guys from a handicapping perspective is with all the guaranteed money, I just wonder if they're practicing as hard. I'm wondering if they're if – they're, you know, putting for hours after the round, as they do sometimes on the PGA Tour, just looking for an edge, trying to fine-tune their skills to the highest possible level. I wonder if they're, you know, they're taking that approach because, you know, if if your goal and your main objective playing professional golf, and I'm not saying I necessarily fault them, but if your goal is to compete against the best players in the world, you're probably going to do it on the PGA Tour. If your goals are maybe a little bit uh, otherwise, you might compete on some other tour. So my general approach, and this is obviously a golf handicapping podcast, from a handicapping perspective, uh, my approach will be in matchups and otherwise to look for opportunities to fade uh, certain players uh, coming from the live tour. There's going to be a lot of tension. As sports fans, I think we love rivalries. We love, uh, uh, you know, the – maybe not the confrontation, but just rivalries generate interest. And I think there's going to be even a greater interest in the Masters uh, with the live players in the field this week. And, Brady, you talked about that. You touched on it as far as carrying the torch for as Rory. And what international tournament was that about a couple of months ago where oh, it got a little a little spicy right. uh, coming down the stretch uh, uh, overseas? Yeah, that was in Dubai, and that was Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy in the final round. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like good versus evil, right, and good prevailed. <laughs> um, but I think Paul brings up a great point. You know, we've got the tension and the rivalry. I mean, the champion's dinner is going to be weird enough. And I think Dustin Johnson is kind of an outlier. I don't think there's much controversy with DJ. He's always had that attitude like, who cares? And and I don't know if anybody's really going to care about DJ. And I don't think he's a controversial guy. But of course, Sergio and Patrick Reed will be at that champion's dinner as well. And that could be a little bit awkward. 
uh, for some of the folks in that room. But uh, I, I'm with Paul. You just wonder. Now, we just saw Brooks Kepka win this past week in Orlando, and I think that's a little bit surprising because we haven't seen a whole lot out of Brooks. Uh, there's been injuries. He's missed his last two cuts at Augusta National, but prior to that played extremely well here, uh, but then seemed to get bitten by the injury bug and then the defection to live. And, you know, I kind of agree with what Paul's saying. How hard are these guys working? And and I kind of, you know, equated it to being in game shape. We hear that a lot out of NBA players or baseball players or football players. You can practice all you want. You can go to the weight room. But are you in game shape? Are you game tested? And it doesn't feel like the live players are in game shape because they're playing basically exhibition golf. Uh, Paul, we move on. In, uh, since 2010, also, every winner at the Masters at Augusta, has ranked inside the top 30 of the official World Golf rankings uh, at the time of the win. Uh, so does, does that, and I know you've got a couple of bombs that you're going to uh, throw out there too, but does that, how does that affect uh, your handicapping for this, uh, for this tournament? Yeah, I mean, usually the, the cream rises to the top. I mean, these golfers play, uh, you know, how many ever events they play, maybe from 15 to, to 30 or 35. If you play a lot a year, that might be a little bit off, but that's in general terms that that's on the mark. And they certainly are going to peak for certain tournaments. And the Masters is at the very top of that list. So you're going you're gonna to have the, 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 the cream of the cream. And the approach I took on my outrights was I've, I've got one, one of the favorites, um, you know, two guys that are, uh, you know, pretty much uh, – middle shots in the in the 20 to 25 range and then and then two longer shots so uh certainly though it's it's not surprising that the winners have come uh, from the top 30 players in the world hey brady uh yeah i know one of those is um is uh is spieth also uh who is co-fourth choice uh in the bet rivers odds at uh at 16 to 1 he's had five top three finishes out of nine appearances but man he does some head scratching <laughs> uh, makes some head scratching shots to put him in some really tough uh, situations at times yeah you know it's uh, a little bit like Mickelson, you know, the roller coaster and the scorecard has all kinds of color and circles and squares and Spieth is a little bit that way. Um, but Augusta does leave him a little bit of leeway off the tee. I think that's where we've seen Jordan Spieth get in trouble in the past. We saw that most recently at the Valspar uh, when he put it in the water on 16. Uh, the Augusta National Golf Club has a lot more room off the tee. Driving accuracy is really not uh, a stat you really care about at all this week. Uh, there's plenty of room, some of the widest fairways that these players will see all week. Now, putting yourself in the right position is certainly key, but uh, it is really more of a second-shot golf course. You need distance for sure. Over 7,500 yards now is Augusta National, but Jordan Spieth, he just seems to be the magician uh, and especially at this golf course, like you talked about it, three top three finishes, including a win. He missed the cut for the first time in his career last year, but I think he's playing really well right now. And it seems like when he gets to this place, he's a different animal. Uh, 16 to one is pretty low, but I think if you can find 20 to one or better out there, especially better than 21, I think that's almost an automatic bet on Jordan Spieth at the Masters. 
the the creativity, the short game. We've seen him do it, you know, in these last few weeks on the Florida swing and even the first round of the match play. How ridiculous was that last chip in on the last hole? I mean, that is Jordan Spieth and it seems to be, you know, heightened even more so when he gets to Augusta National. And uh, we'll start with you, Paul, but at the top, both of you uh, kind of like one of the you know, the one of the, the golfers near the, the top of the odds board. We talked about Rory and Scheffler being co-favorites at 7-1 to one at Bet Rivers. You like uh, the old Texas Longhorn, Paul, and Scotty Scheffler to try and uh, have a shot at repeating this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously 7-1 to one represents uh, short odds when you're competing against a world-class field in a major golf tournament. Uh, and that's even uh, the case if you're defending champion Scotty Scheffler. But if anybody uh, can pull off the feet, I think it is Scheffler. He's won six of his last 28 starts. Of course, that included last year's ma- uh, Masters when he won his first major, finishing uh, three shots, I believe, ahead of runner-up Roy McElroy. And then two months later, you know, he finished tied for second at the U.S. Open uh, at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, outside of Boston finished a single shot behind uh, winner Pat, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick in that uh, tournament. This year, he's won the, the Players' Championship. That was just a few weeks back. Uh, he won the Phoenix Open uh, before that in mid-February. You know, anytime the world's top player tees it up these days, Scotty Scheffler, he's a threat to win. And I think that's no different uh, this week. Uh, he's played well uh, at Augusta, obviously, as the defending uh, champion here. Finished... Um, 18th and 19th, uh, the two years prior to winning last year. So I think Scheffler at seven to one, he's going to be my uh, short odds guy. And I took Scheffler at seven to one. Brady, before we get to your short odds guy, boy, I guess uh, consistency and a shot maker is a deadly combination. But Scheffler has followed up that awesome year last year with another great start this year. Yeah, I mean, he is proving that he is absolutely no fluke and. You know, it was a while back that uh, I predicted he would be PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, and and I was correct. And I didn't necessarily know it would go a lot further than that. But, uh, I mean, boy, ascending all the way to the number one player in the world. And like I mentioned earlier, he's just unflappable. I I was rooting against him. uh, I I was rooting for him at Bay Hill uh, the one time when he was maybe just that much imperfect. I was rooting against him a little bit at the Players' Championship. I was on Terrell Hatton that week who made a charge on Sunday and ended up finishing second. But Scotty just, you know, and there were so many guys making mistakes, putting it in the water on 17, putting it in the water on 16, 18, what have you, but not Scotty. And I think that's really one of the strengths of his game. We know he's a great driver of the golf ball, always ranks really high in total driving, long and straight. Uh, The approach play has really improved over the last couple of years. That was maybe a weakness, you know, before he got into this world number one position. Uh, The scrambling and the putting, you know, just the entire game is there now. Uh, But if you're rooting against him, what becomes so frustrating is he just does not make mistakes. Very unflappable is this kid, a real cool customer. And your um, your pick of the top three, the big three at the you know as far as the odds board with Rory, Scheffler, and Rom, you uh, you kind of highlighted uh, Rory McIlroy. It will be interesting if one of these live golfers starts to hook up uh, late in the tournament to see how he responds. He seemed to respond favorably uh, in that do du- that Dubai uh, tournament, but uh, you like uh, Rory uh, at seven to one. 
I do. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned that, you know, possible confrontation, rivalry, what have you, uncomfortable situation with a live player if it, if it uh, happens to bear out down the stretch here. And I think it's actually good preparation for Rory to have had that battle with Patrick Reed in Dubai at the beginning of the year. Uh, I was actually surprised to see Rory play so well at the match play. Uh, I, I thought he was maybe a go against because all the weight that he's been carrying on his shoulders, and he talked about it, that it's starting to weigh on him a little bit, carrying this torch for the PGA Tour, and it's become a little bit of a distraction and whatnot. And I thought this match play event, he was probably going to just try and go through the motions, breathe, <laughs> and kind of calm himself down and take himself out of that political stuff that he's been dealing with and the business side of things and and get back to more to playing the game and focus on the big prize that was two weeks down the road at that point, which, of course, here we are at Augusta National. But he fared extremely well in that match play. So that that that's a good sign for me. I, I didn't know if he would go that route, but apparently uh, the game is in really good form right now. And I just feel like it might be his time. It's extremely hard to argue with Paul, and I don't think Scotty Scheffler is not going to be there necessarily. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd be surprised almost if he didn't finish top 10. Uh, but uh, Rory's my guy as far as the short odds go. All right, uh, Paul, you dip down, and I like how you're kind of going from one group to the next group as you uh, look at your uh, picks for the Masters this week. And the next one is Tony Finau uh, at 22-1 to 1, currently at Bed Rivers. You know, Finau's obviously one of the top, uh, you know, well-liked players on the tour. Everybody likes him, but he, he can play a little bit as well. Uh, he's looking for his first uh, victory in a major tournament, uh, but his performance in the Big Four has been uh, been very strong. Uh, he's a five-time winner on the PGA Tour. He's finished in the top 15 12 times out of 26 major tournament appearances, so he's done well, and some of that success has certainly come uh, at Augusta. He has three top 10 finishes in his last five trips here, and that includes a top five showing back in 2019. Uh, that year, he uh, began the final round uh, tied for second with uh, Tiger Woods, uh, just two shots behind 54-hole leader Francesco Molinari. Uh, and as we probably remember, Woods went on to uh, shoot a final round 70, won the 2019 Masters. During this current 2022-23 uh, uh, wraparound season. Finau's been steady, hadn't been spectacular. Uh, he has made uh, nine of 10 cuts. He's finished in the top 25 all nine times, so he's been very, uh, very consistent. He did win back in November uh, when he won the uh, Cadence Bank Houston Open. He's 22 to 1, and he's one of my recommendations uh, as an outright winner at the Masters this week. Brady, your second group, we've already touched on uh, Jordan Spieth, but uh, you also have uh, Xander Schauffele at 22-1. Uh, to 1. Yeah, I think he's really kind of a similar pick to Paul's selection of Tony Finau, and I really can't argue with either guy. I think because of the big three, uh, Scotty, Rory, and Rom being so you know short at single-digit prices, we're getting some value on some extremely good golfers, golfers that rank in the top 10 in the world, uh, like Shoffley and Finau. Uh, Shoffley, you know, I've seen as high as 30 to 1, 28. 
so, you know, I think uh, 25 or so is a real nice number on a guy who, like Finau, as Paul points out, has had a, a number of excellent finishes here in all majors. Uh, five top fives in major championship golfs ha- has Xander Schauffele had, and most recently, we remember when Hideki Matsuyama went on to win this in 2019, Shoffley, or excuse me, 2021, Shoffley was right there and dumped it in the water on the 16th hole. Not surprisingly, he missed the cut last year. I think he was still getting over that. But uh, I think this year he's primed for a rebound and he's been playing excellent golf. You know, just uh, across all the strokes gain categories, he's gaining two strokes or better uh, over the course of the last three, six and 12 months. And and he feels a little bit sneaky to me this week. Uh, not a lot of people talking about Xander Schauffele right now. And, and like I said, he's been playing excellent golf. So Not only the way he's playing, not only the history he has here and in the majors, but I think some value in the market as well. Yeah, yeah, Brady, follow up. You think that miscut last year has created a little bit more value on Shoffley this year? It's possible. You know, it was Patrick Reed in 2018 really kind of broke the trend. 23 Masters winners prior to Reed in 2018 had all made the cut the year prior. So uh, I am gambling a little bit here with Spieth and Shoffley, who both missed the cut last year. Uh, Typically, you make the cut the year before you win it, but... Um, you know, that's not necessarily, I don't know how predictive that trend is, but it has been uh, quite popular for a number of years, over two decades at Augusta National. Uh, but I think that, that uh, you know, that trip down the 16th hole that really was his undoing, I think it's hard to come back and, and get to that level that you were at that point in the match. Uh, and, and so not surprising that he missed the cut there uh, last year. But again, I I think he's proven that he can get to that spot and and has been there not only at Augusta National, but a number of major championships. I'm trying to recall the end game uh, in that back nine, and I believe had was the favorite over uh, Hideki at one point in that, or am I I not remembering that? I wouldn't be surprised. He he looked like the guy at that point for sure. And, and, And if I recall Hideki, he had the huge Saturday when he shot 65, but, um, I think Hideki kind of made his move a little bit later. Shoffley looked like he was going to run to the clubhouse and take this thing at that point. So, Paul, we move on to your next pick in that same range for the 20 to 30 uh, to 1 type of range in a guy that, well, it's easy to say now we could have got uh, some really big odds on some futures of just a few months ago, but the reason he's shorter now is because he is showing some signs of life. Jason Day is 28 to 1, Paul, uh, another one of your picks. Yeah, you know, without question, uh, as you kind of alluded to, Jason Day had been scuffling uh, pretty much the last three or four years, you know, for the most part, um, leading up to this current uh, wraparound 2022-23 PGA Tour season. A lot of that probably due to, to injuries. And it's almost like, you know, a, a switch flip for the uh, 35-year-old Australian. He, he's just playing at a high level. He's finishing the top 19 in each of his eight tour events this year. Uh, that includes a pair of fifth-place finishes uh, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open uh, back in mid-February on Super Bowl Sunday, also at the Dell Match Play event a couple of weeks ago there in Austin. Uh, he has missed the cut his past two Masters, so he comes in uh, to this week's event off back-to-back 
missed cuts uh, at Augusta, but he has had certainly success here. He finished fifth back in 2019. Uh, he also finished tied for second in 2011 and finished third in 2013. Uh, he boasts a total of four top 10 finishes in 11 appearances at Augusta. You know, as a golf handicapper, uh, I think you're always looking for a convergence of two trends. You want a guy who's in good, solid form, current form rather, and you want a guy who's played well at the venue. I think uh, Day checks both boxes, and I think he's worth a try at 28-1. to 1. Brady, your next pick as we go up in the uh, range of odds, and if you get a reference two years ago, why not? If you're going to look at Xander, look at uh, Hideki Matsuyama as well at 45-1 to 1 at Pet Rivers. Yeah, and I think another guy, and I go back to what I said about some of these top players in the world. I mean, Hideki Matsuyama, and it may have changed. He just had a top 20 finish, a top 15 finish, I believe, last week in Texas and made another charge on moving day on Saturday. Uh, And again, the official world golf ranking may have changed, but he was 21st going in. So he's right in that neighborhood of top 20 players in the world, former Masters champion, and here we are getting him at 45 to 1. That's pretty incredible. And, and I just think it goes to show uh, how the market has, you know, taken such a liking to the top three there. And even Jordan Spieth as well. Jimmy, you mentioned it all the way down to 16. But I think it's really offering some chances that are attractive on some of these other guys. Um, I don't want to say they're being disrespected, but the numbers are extremely attractive. And, you know, I saw one guy write, uh, earlier this week, Hideki Matsuyama. When we talk about who's the best golfer in the world or what have you, how about the golfer, their best game? Whose best game is the best? I think Hideki Matsuyama's in the conversation. When he is playing his best, he might be able to beat anybody. And we've seen him do it. He just comes off of a uh, great finish at the Players' Championship. Uh, Hideki's got a couple of nice finishes early in his season, also at Torrey Pines, which I think is, by the way, a correlated course to Augusta National. We see a lot of crossover success there. Uh, And it's been guys like Phil Mickelson and Bubba Watson where you come off of your uh, Masters victory and that title defense. You have all the spotlight and the media attention, and it becomes very difficult. But then the year after, you go back and win it again, and that would be the situation for Matsuyama. Uh, his uh, work around the greens is tremendous. We know this guy throughout his career has not been known as a great putter, but when he gets to Augusta, he's just one of the best putters in the field on these particular greens and the short game as far as the scrambling, no matter where he plays, he ranks extremely high on the PGA Tour this year. So, you know, like Paul said, course history, ability to play at the venue, and also current form and I think Hideki also proved that the neck is not bothering him right now. We saw him withdraw from a match uh, at the match play a couple of weeks ago, and he goes to Texas. And I thought that was going to be, be maybe just a litmus test to see how the neck was doing. Well, apparently he was doing pretty well because he actually challenged for a possible victory there uh, at the Valero last week. So so I think uh, Hideki, like Paul talked about, the form is good, the course history is good, and obviously one of the best players in the world here, a former champion, and we're getting a juicy number on him. Yes, indeed. All right, Paul, let's continue. Get a couple of bombs here for you, and keep in mind that at Bet Rivers, they have the each-way uh, betting options. So they pay out seven 
uh, seven golfers. So 20% of your win odds if you do fall in that top seven. Now, if you tie for seven, it splits on how many. Again, it could be a dead heat uh, there. But still, some opportunities there. Minwoo Lee at 70-1 to one to win the whole thing. Siwoo Kim at 90-1 to one to win the whole thing. But you're looking at some each-way options also with, with uh, Minwoo Lee at 12-1. to one. And also Tony Finau you're including uh, in there in the each-way picking as well. Okay, and you want me to address uh, both both Minwoo Lee and Siwoo Kim? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Minwoo Lee, first of all, he's played uh, played in all f- four majors last year, made the cut in three of those majors, uh, finished uh, in the top twenty-seven all three times, and this is a twenty-four-year-old Australian. I think he's going to win at some point, win a big golf tournament. He has won uh, outside the uh, U.S. a couple of times already. Uh, most recently, the 2021 Scottish Open. And that's kind of a warm-up uh, for your listeners uh, unfamiliar, a warm-up leading up to the Open Championship each year. So you get a really uh, world-class field there at the uh, Scottish Open uh, each year. That particular year in 2021, he defeated last year's U.S. Open champion uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and Thomas Dietrich in a playoff some of the other players in that field, just to give you an idea of who he defeated that week, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, uh, Will Zalatoris, the list goes on. So, he, uh, you know, not exactly your guys at the Tuesday afternoon scramble. So he's, he's won a big golf tournament. Uh, he split the last four months between the PGA Tour uh, and the DP World Tour, uh, formerly the European Tour. Uh, he was finished in sec- or he was in second place actually uh, this year at the Players, just two shots behind Scotty Scheffler after 54 holes. Lee shot a final round 76, uh, ended up tied for six there, so he stumbled a little bit in the final round. Uh, in four tournaments uh, during the current DP World Tour season, he has three top four finishes and a tied for 13. So I took a, a flyer on Lee at 70 to one. And then you look at Siwoo Kim. Uh, this is a guy who's been in the top 15, finished in the top 15, rather, in the three of his last 10 majors, so he's played well in the bigger tournaments. He's a four-time winner on the PGA Tour, uh, his most notable of those victories being the 2017 Players' Championship, the most recent of those being earlier this year at the Sony Open uh, there in Hawaii in January. Uh, he's been steady, not spectacular, since winning the Sony Open, uh, he's been making cuts and collecting uh, paychecks, so to speak. Did finish tied for 27th at the Players uh, a few weeks back. But Siwoo Kim, even more so in my mind than other professional golfers, he's a guy that just seems to come out of nowhere and win, uh, you know, kind of when you least expect it. Uh, he has had some measure of success again in the majors, as I uh, mentioned. He's had some moderate success, certainly at Augusta. He's finished in the top 25 here in three of his last five trips. Uh, so I took uh, Kim at 90-1. to In backing up to, to Minwoo Lee, I also took him to finish top five at 12-1 to and additionally took Tony Finau to finish in the top five at 5-1. to Yes, indeed. And, uh, and finally, Brady, you're a couple of bombs, and it ties into one of uh, Paul's picks as well, his last pick that we'll talk about today. Uh, first of all, uh, Fleetwood at 66-1, to 1, but also Justin Rose. Both you and Paul identifying Rose as a guy uh, to look at here at 60-1. to 1. Six top ten finishes and 17 appearances at Augusta. 
uh, lost in the playoff in 2017 to Sergio, and gained strokes on approach last six tournaments in a row, including the Pebble Beach win. Justin Rose is uh, a guy that both of you guys have identified, Brady. Yeah, once again, fits the profile of good current form and great course history. Uh, you mentioned all the top 10 finishes, the playoff loss. Actually, Justin Rose has finished uh, runner-up twice at Augusta. He's been the first-round leader at Augusta National four times. And normally you wouldn't say that that is really important, but you guys probably know this is not really a catch-up tournament. You've got to get out to an early start. In fact, I believe it's like the last 13 winners of the Masters have all been inside the top 10 after the first day. So it does matter that Justin Rose is able to get out to a hot start here. Also, over the course of the last three Masters, he has been the best on putting on pure bent grass greens, gaining strokes over the field more so than anyone else on these putting surfaces. You mentioned the win at Pebble Beach. Uh, you know, the guy obviously is in pretty darn good form, still at, I believe, 41 years old now, just finished sixth at the Players' Championship. Uh, I took a shot at him at the Valspar and just had kind of a pedestrian tournament, never was really able to uh, get his foot on the gas and ended up finishing, I believe, top 35. But now he's had a couple of weeks off since then, and uh, I think he'll come out firing again. And you know, this was way back when, when most people were dealing Justin Rose at 50 or 60 to 1, and I found 75, and I said, boy, that just seems off, and now I've seen him even in the 80s, but no matter what, I, I would say, what would you say, Jimmy? At 60 to 1. 60? Yeah. I, I still don't think that's a bad number. I would say 60 or higher uh, is a pretty good price on Justin Rose uh, to get this done. A guy, again, that, that should be in the mix. Just one of those guys, and, and you know, we, we've kind of alluded to it here as we've talked about different players. Augusta National has the strongest course history uh, of any tournament these guys play all year anywhere in the world. And what that means is people that play well here typically do so year in and year out. And Justin Rose is just another example of a guy that should be in the mix going off of past history and current form should be in the mix once again. So why not have 60 to 1 in your pocket? Paul, you've, uh, you're looking at the first-round leader odds at Justin Rose at 45-1. to 1. So Brady's talked about how he's had leads at, uh, at, uh, at a bunch of tournaments uh, in, uh, in here at the Masters. So here you go, looking at a shot at 45-1 to 1 to be the first-round leader. Yeah, you know, you're not going to get much past Brady Cannon. There's no question about it. And he took one of my uh, talking points when he indicated Rose has been the first-round leader on four occasions here at the Masters. The most recent of those was uh, a couple of years ago. He shot an opening round 65. He was actually, I think, one or two over through through eight holes, and he played an eight-hole stretch, uh, numbers uh, nine through 16, played that in six under, shot 65, led two years ago by four shots the first round lead. So he's a guy uh, who's led this tournament multiple times after the opening round, uh, has uh, 13 top 25 finishes in his 17 appearances here. Uh, he's in solid form. As uh, Brady mentioned, finished uh, tied for sixth uh, in the Players' Championship a few weeks ago, uh, and that came uh, on the heels of winning the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am uh, back in early February. So 45-1 to 1 there at Bet Rivers uh, to be the first-round leader. Uh, I'm going to have that one uh, in my pocket on Thursday. Justin Rose, 45-1 to 1 to lead after Thursday. 
And finally, uh, guys, as far as the weather, it uh, looks like a cold front could be coming through Thursday. Uh, could bring some rain as well. And then maybe some increased winds on Saturday and Sunday, uh, 10 to 15 miles an hour with possible gusts up to 30 miles an hour Saturday and Sunday. In-game approach, does this affect anything or something to look for uh, as, this, uh, as this tournament starts? Well, I tell you what, Jimmy, I'm a little bit disappointed to see uh, that the weather – Looks like it's going to be a little bit sour this week. You know, you just want to see the bright sunshine and, and uh, you know, have this thing go uninterrupted. But it, it looks like definitely weather is going to be a factor. Uh, obviously, it looks like wind is going to be uh, involved over the weekend, and that's probably a bigger factor than the rain. Uh, I've always heard that wind uh, over 12 miles an hour is when you get to the point when it is going to affect a PGA Tour player's ability. Uh, and it, it looks like we will probably get some stuff in the 15 to 20 mile an hour gusts. The the rain, I hope it doesn't come too hard uh, because that will certainly soak up the golf course. But if it's not too impactful, Augusta National should be able to handle it and keep this course relatively firm and fast with, you know, the, the most advanced sub-air system uh, probably in the world. They should be able to keep the fairways relatively dry and the greens as well. So I hope that's the case. I do want to see the true test here that Augusta National is able to give us year in and year out. You know, I, I'm pretty happy with some of the guys I have on my card. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, and then Jordan Spieth. Uh, three of those guys, of course, adept at playing in the DP World Tour and, and European Tour prior to that. So they're accustomed to windy and rainy conditions. And then Jordan Spieth, as Paul knows, in the state of Texas where you get a lot of breezes as well and, and certainly has played through a few breezes at Augusta National too. So uh, at least I think I've got some mutters in my pocket, if you will, uh, going in. In game, it's probably going to be combined with, you know, who looks like they're playing well and, and then who has also in the past been a good wind player as well. Uh, Paul, the, uh, the weather, how that uh, affects your approach uh, this weekend. Yeah, certainly like, uh, you know, Brady, uh, you hope for uh, ideal conditions uh, in, in a major tournament like this, but or any tournament for that matter, but uh, you play in what the conditions are. And, you know, the, the general uh, train of thought is going to be the Europeans, they grow up in this stuff, they're accustomed to this stuff. So, uh, you know, guys like McElroy, Fleetwood, uh, Justin Rose, uh, Irishman Shane Lowry, he finished third here, I believe, last year. So those guys certainly uh, adept at playing in uh, higher winds and uh, rainy conditions. And then as uh, Brady also mentioned, the Texas players, you know, they grow up playing in, in the wind. And guys like Scotty Scheffler and, and Jordan Spieth, to mention a couple off the top of my head, uh, certainly uh, have uh, – played a lot of golf in, in the type of conditions that they're likely to face this week at Augusta. So hopefully there won't be too many uh, interruptions and we'll get this thing uh, done by the end of the afternoon on Sunday. And uh, it'll be uh, interesting to watch. And as far as in game, you know, you just have to, you kind of have to just get a feel for how everybody's playing. It's probably uh, one of the better approaches in my mind as far as values probably to look after that first round and, and see a guy like Brady alluded to I think that the winner's been in the the top 10 uh, over a period of years uh, maybe identify a guy who's in the top 10 or very close uh, who's got better odds after one round 
Then they had Preflop, uh, who's in good current form and who's played well historically at the venue and maybe take a shot on a player such as that. All right, outrights, each ways, matchups, in-game, a lot of betting options for this year's Masters over at Bet Rivers. For Paul Stone, Brady Cannon, I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.